Good morning, everybody. Today is June the 8th, 2021. Time is going rapidly by. First Peter chapter 2. Peter wrote that we can suffer with hope. Nobody knows what a day will bring. One phone call can change your life forever. And the foundation we need is built on faith. And when we understand God's plan for us, then there are no tragedies in our life. There's sorrow and heartache and disappointment. But if God's really in control, it's all for my good. I don't like heartache and grief and tragedy any better than anybody else. But it's really helped me to understand that everything that comes into my life, God allows to make me better. And we have a choice. You can be bitter or you can be better. And in Hebrews, we're told that a root of bitterness will trouble me and defile you. I don't want to be troubled, and I certainly don't want to be responsible for defiling anybody. So as we look in 1 Peter chapter 2, I want to pick up again with verse 15. We covered it last time, but I think it's good to review, and repetition is good. It said it's not God's will that your good lives... No, it is God's will, excuse me, that your good lives will silence those who foolishly condemn the gospel without knowing what it can do for them. You know, we're to be responsible for the way we respond and react and and act. And it should not be determined by who we're with or where we go or what's taking place. And it, it says that our lives should silence those that foolishly condemn the gospel because they should see what it's done for us. And then it said, we're free from the law, but that doesn't mean we're free to do wrong. And then in verse 17, which is where we stopped last time, show respect for everyone. Love Christians everywhere, fear God, and honor the government. And that's hard for me because I think the government is corrupt. And I certainly don't stand for some of the things coming out of Washington, D.C. But I'm to honor the institution. And I'm to respect everyone because they were created in the image of God. And then he speaks to servants. Respect your masters and do whatever they tell you. Not only if they're kind and reasonable, but if they're tough and cruel. I've talked to some people in their 20s that don't like the word servant. They think it's degrading to call someone a servant. I think it's an honor. And I've told you before in my podcast, I never had a servant until I went to the Philippines. And a a lady, Filipino lady, lived in my house and took charge of taking care of my house. And she was a servant. And she was proud of being a servant. 
I got called to our office and told that I had made her cry. Oh, that's the last thing I would have ever done. What did I do to make her cry? You won't believe it. I took my plate from the table to the kitchen. My mother trained me to do that. I made up my own bed when I got up. And it was an insult to her because she was there to do that for me. And it was a real change for me. In my own home, I'd not been used to giving orders to people. But that was what she was for. And I learned a lot about Jesus Christ being a servant through her. I had great respect for her. I would have done anything that she needed doing, but she served me. And I think we forget that Jesus Christ came as a servant. He's to serve us. That's what he's doing. And Enda loved Mark, my young son, showed her love. She loved all of us, but she showed her love for Mark more than she did to us because Mark gave her commands all the time. And I go do this, and I do that, and I come here. And she loved it. And as I look back, my pride kept me from giving her orders. Oh, I don't do that to her. She loved it that Mark submitted himself to her. And she cared for him in a gracious way. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God, making intercession for us. And he delights in our asking him to do something. My grandson from Maryland surprised me with a visit. And he called me, he stated his mother's, my daughter's, but he called me and he said, Hey, Mimo, would you cook me a big vegetable dinner? Man, was I excited. I ran to the store and bought every fresh vegetable I could find and cooked all morning, and he came for lunch, and I've never seen anybody eat so much. He said, oh, this is so good. I don't have this up north. What a privilege for me to be able to do that, because he asked me to. Did you ever think about the fact that when you ask God to do something for you, he loves it? He loves it. And so a servant must respect your masters. We have to consider ourselves a servant, a servant of Jesus Christ. And he is our servant. And then it says, praise the Lord if you're punished for doing right. Are you kidding? If I do right and I get punished for it, I'm to praise the Lord. That's what it says. And it says you get no credit for being patient if you're beaten for doing wrong. But if you do right and suffer for it and you're patient, then God is well pleased. And once again, I have to repeat the same thing I've said all along. It's our reaction to what happens to us that God blesses or not. And then verse 21, this suffering is all part of the work God has given you. Christ suffered for you. He's our example. Follow in his steps. Who wants to suffer? I don't. But you know, I can't help it. I have suffered in my life. 
I didn't bring it on either. It just happened. And I didn't react properly to it most of the time. Because I was well up in years when I learned my reaction was what was important. And it says, follow in his steps. He never sinned and never told a lie. Never even answered back when insulted. Wouldn't it be nice if we could learn just to be quiet? When he suffered, he didn't threaten to get even. Oh man, that's where we are today. I cannot watch the news anymore. Everybody's trying to get even. Everybody's trying to turn everybody against everybody. Oh, that is so wrong. That is against everything God teaches. God says that Jesus left his case in the hands of God. He personally carried the load of our sins in his own body when he died on the cross. So we can be finished with sin and live a good life from now on. Now let me explain to you that we never get rid of sin until we die. But we can be finished with it. And we can ask God to convict us instantly that we might confess and be cleansed and be clean from it to enjoy the day. Sin is devastating. It's devastating emotionally and mentally and physically. It can destroy your health. And remember, Peter says, his wounds have healed ours. <laughs> I love that. That's why I'm reading from the Living Bible. His wounds healed mine. Like sheep, we wander away from God. But when we return to the shepherd, the guardian of our souls, he keeps us safe. What a thought. It's my responsibility to be obedient. It's his responsibility to take care of us. That should be a great relief. I, don't, I know why people are afraid to commit their life to him. Because they're afraid they may have to do something they don't want to do. They don't want to give up control because they like to be in control. But when you realize the advantage of letting him control you, provide for you, protect you, and guide you, there's safety and security in that spot. And it seems that the violence in America is increasing almost moment by moment. People are just shooting randomly, and they don't care who they hit or kill or maim. And you know, if you really stop and think about it, there's absolutely no way I can protect myself. I live alone. I lock my house and I put on my alarm because I think that's a smart thing to do. And I don't think we should ever be foolish. We should do what we're told to do. But even that, I don't know what, who lurks around or what's happening where I go. But you see, God sees me. And he loves me. He loves me with a love we can't even understand. 
You know, I love my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. But my love can't be compared to the love God has for me. And I would do anything to protect my family if I could. And by the same token, we are the family of God. And He's ready and able to watch over us and protect us and keep us from harm's way. But there's certain things we have to do. And the number one thing is give up your right to control yourself. You can either be controlled by God or controlled by the flesh. And it seems the flesh is is getting more evil every day. Or maybe I see it more because of my study of the Scriptures. When you study the Bible, the one thing you get is discernment. And that is you, you see clearly what's wrong and what's right. And it's devastating to me to see wrong called right and right called wrong. It's deadly. And we need to know what's right and we need to be willing to do it. And then God takes over and we rest in the shelter of his arms. God bless you and thank you for listening. Share his word with those you love.